Hi and welcome to Nuance Podcast with Logan and Yuja, where we seek to develop a space of vitality for nuanced discussion about fundamental principles of human connection. Our message is to think of and for yourself, to accept others and their thoughts, and to empower each other. Follow us as we follow our curiosity and enjoy the episode. If we look at the decade that is our 20s, as if it was one day, and then we apply that day to both of us, (laughs) you are definitely getting past sunset. Thank you. That's okay. I'm sitting at around midday. (laughs) So I'm currently smack bang in the middle of my 20s and you're right at the end. Mm. So we've had discussions before about what your 20s is about. And you've said to me pretty firmly from your experience that your 20s is about making mistakes and kind of learning, learning, misstepping a lot and figuring out from sort of through trial and error, a bit of research and development, what the rest of your life is kind of going to be like. Sort of like the... The foundation of the rest of your life is sort of begins with your twenties. Hmm. Is that does that sort of sum up your yeah, position much. with it? Yeah, I guess like growing up, I, I was always told your twenties are about making mistakes and learning. But when you get in, when you begin your twenties, you want to get everything right. And I find that you should know exactly where you're going after high school and uni. You should know exactly what you need to do, and then you're doing it already. Yeah. Whereas when I was getting probably to like the 25 mark, age 25, I I was like, nothing's really happening. The things that I thought I wanted and the things that I wanted to be are just not happening. And it's, I, I don't know, I was, I was making a lot of mistakes, which are not mistakes, um, but over the next couple of years after that, till I was 27, I realized I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm, I'm allowed to not know exactly what it is that I have to do for the rest of my life. That was a lot of there was a lot of pressure around that, and I think it is anyway. When after school you go straight into uni, to something that you should be doing or you want to do, mm. and you're expected to do that for the rest of your life. Whereas I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school or in uni, and then after that I was like, I still don't know, and I was freaking out. So it was just a constant freak out of not knowing who I was, and that's probably what probably what perpetuated my search for purpose and meaning so it kind of began out of your out of the later years of your 20s i think yeah i I started to comprehend what it really meant to um to be on that journey of self-development of self-discovery yeah mid-20s when it started at 27 you said that's when you sort of really clued on to the fact that you don't have to have it all figured out Mm. what was it about that time what did you experience that opened you up to that um i think it was the relationships that i was having um, I think they showed me a lot of who I could be and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to be treated. And even the jobs that I had at the time, they were like retail, hospitality, things that were kind of the same over and over that I was like, I just want something different. I couldn't stay in a job longer than a year. I couldn't hold on to a relationship longer than maybe like between three to six months. Yeah. I, I really struggled to hold because I needed something. I just didn't know what it was, but I needed to understand myself and what I really wanted. After those um, jobs and after those relationships or um, whatever you'd want to call them, I <laughs> I, re- I learned a lot about myself, reflecting back on how I was, what would make, like what they taught me. Mm-hmm. And even just that process of going back and like knowing what my lessons were and understanding what was actually going on helped me to discover, oh, life is about learning. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, I get it now, kind of. 
just, you know, it was this beginning of that. I'm like, all right, okay, we'll keep going. And then I started to explore myself, but not in a way that like you go to the mountaintops and meditate. It was like a, I really want to search about what I like doing. And I just delved slowly into things and even standing up for myself in relationships was like, oh, that was different because I'm not usually one to, to be firm about what I want. But that taught me that I, I'm allowed to speak for myself. You know, I didn't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. I didn't have to have someone telling me. So that makes sense. Even in that, did you establish that at, at sort of in that moment when you were defending yourself, was there something that clicked that made you realize I'm my own person? It's not for you to tell me what to do or how to do it. Was this finally sort of some kind of fire that lit in you that was like, hang on, I'm in control? Yes. Um, it was, it was that like, yes and no. So most of it was, I actually can stand up for myself. I'm actually able to do that. I don't need to wait for someone to do it for me. Mm. So it was more about my personal um, standing up for myself rather than um, rather than it be about what someone says they want for me or what yeah what they want from me and what they want me to be. Like someone's expectation of you. Yeah, I, I think it was more so. I think I realized I actually can move toward what I actually want in my life. I no. can actually choose what it is that I want to what in my life yeah yeah we're definitely like under the weight of very many expectations and it's not intentional obviously but i think whether you like it or not you have expectations of somebody else and other people have expectations of you yeah and that's not always going to be the case yeah it's not something that's supposed to be detrimental it's Mm -hmm. something that's sub you know unconscious i wouldn't even say subconscious it's it's an unconscious thing yeah you know because if you have a particular like position within a group then then people are going to have an expectation of how you are in that group, mm. what your purpose in that group is. Like with, with your friendship group, you know, you can say, oh, that person's the the shy one, that person's the quiet one, that person's yeah. the loud one, that yeah. person's the funny one, that one's the deep one. Yeah. Everyone's kind of got a role to play. And then so with that role, there is a certain expectation that comes along with it. And so when you start to step outside of that or things, I don't know, cracks start yeah. to open up and yeah. you expand your your worldview and you expand horizons, yeah. your horizons a little bit it takes people by surprise and breaks those expectations down yeah and that happens it happens when <laughs> you really want something and you know that it's a there's a realization when you're like i'm going to be seen different i'm going to i'm going to be treated differently and it's a really hard thing to kind of to <laughs> overcome mm. because i'm still overcoming it because it's still happening it's a it doesn't just happen in one day it happens over a course of a period of time so it is probably one of the hardest things because i've grown up with a lot of the people around me yeah and all they've known is that version of me then 2020 happened and i didn't see anyone for a year and so much happened in that year Mm. where i actually saw myself and connected with myself and it was in that time i'm like shit like i'm totally i'm going to be seen differently because of what I what I am now or what I've discovered now about myself and what I can do. Not that I won't be supported, but I will be seen differently. Whether it's a good thing or bad thing, it doesn't matter. I will be seen differently. Or or you feel different. And so when you go and re-engage with people who you have a already have a relationship with, but you're coming at it from a different worldview for yourself personally, then you won't be seen differently. You are different being seen as the same person that you once were. Oh, yeah, I could say that too. So that's oh. probably jarring. Like you're, yeah. you've changed, yeah. but you're going back 
into a social situation where there's already a, a more fixed view of who you are and, yeah. and what you're about. Yeah. All right. Because I can, I can relate to that. I feel the same thing too. And it's really difficult, especially with family, because you grow up with family. It's not anyone's yeah. fault. Huh. It's you just, when you get so used to someone's personality and how somebody works, when you spend so much time with them, you know, it's it's very difficult to see them in any other light. Yeah. You know, like my brother, you know, he's, he's 21. Yeah. I'm always going to see him as a little eight-year-old with a high-pitched <laughs> voice that was, you know, half the size of me. And he's, he's taller than me. And... <laughs> And he's got a much deeper voice now, but I'll, I'll always see him as that, yeah. like physically, it's just, it's not something that is a conscious thing of mine. It's not something I'm doing to try and put him down. Like he's, he's, he's switched on. He's a smart guy. Like mm. we've had some very good conversations. I love spending time with him and, and, you know, talking about deeper things. It's just one of those subconscious things that it's, it's cause you just are so used to spending so much time with someone and getting to know them in a particular way it's actually hard to shake that and it's not something that is conscious in anybody trying to suppress anybody from trying to be different yeah no it's just like conditioning yeah it's like you become conditioned or used to seeing someone in a certain way and so like you know if you spend time away you know like when you move away from family yeah obviously your life completely changes and you know a lot of the time you, you can relate to each other from those changes because you've stepped outside of of you know family life mm. and so has a lot of other of our siblings you know everyone's gone their separate ways sort of thing yeah so we've all gone through a similar shift in our in our life positions like we've all moved out so we're experiencing what it's like to live by ourselves and be independent. self-sufficient independent yeah. in that so we can relate on that point of view uh, but we've also in in getting our own space and our own time away from that familiar environment, you know, it, it's given us sort of time and, and the space to be able to spread our wings and mm. go our own ways a little bit too, like philosophically and, and what we learn and what we experience yeah. and what well, we do. Well, you're in a different environment. So, of course, mm. the different environment is going to impact you and shape you. Yes. Again, like yeah. it's the longer you spend in that environment, the more familiar that's going to be and the more unfamiliar the previous environment is going to be. Yeah. So when you go back to it, it's, you kind of have to, although it depends how familiar it is to it and how much you're holding on to it. Cause you can go back and just be that, that same version of you. You can, you can slot back into that expectation yeah. or that mm-hmm. role that you played originally. Yeah. And so like, cause here's the problem with that. Like, that's a great thing. You know, everyone needs to develop personally, but mm-hmm. cause you're in your own little world and everyone's gone off into their own little worlds, your self-development no one else is privy to yeah so you change and you develop as a person and then when you go back into those situations you're you're different you're different but no one else has seen how and why you're different yeah so they treat you the same way that you were treated or you talk about the same things and it's like i'm not interested in this anymore yeah but how do you you know Mm. it's difficult to be able to broach that i don't think that's a that's an uncommon thing i think a lot of people go through that people can relate to that i think Mm. Um, as I was talking to um, a client today and she was, um, she was, we were talking about this exact thing. She was, it's really hard because we have nothing in common anymore. Like she, um, her high school best friend, um, she was like, we were so close, but we've gone our separate ways, but it's like, no one's saying anything. Hmm. It's just this, this um, quiet, I know, yeah. I know that we're not as close as we once were and that we're ever going to be. And it's like, how do you break that tie? How do you break that cord with, do you say something or do you just allow it to, to pass? Cause he's like, <clears throat> the difficult thing with that is that, yeah, you know, you kind of hope that you're on the same page to the, it, to the extent that you've both moved on, 
like you've both gone off and pursued your own your own journeys and so you've both developed and that relationship that you once shared no longer needs to fulfill a particular purpose mm-hmm. you don't need that person to play that role in your life anymore yeah. and you know it's the same for both people involved so you kind of hope that's a mutual thing so that it can you can both just come away and that's all right that doesn't need to be some kind of formal conclusion to the relationship no, no. you know because it doesn't always need to be a formal conclusion it's just no. an acceptance that things have changed and you know over the course of 2020 everyone's life would have changed in some way shape or form and it's just about embracing it rather than saying oh you're not for me anymore Mm. it's just about understanding that we all had it hard how was yours more difficult or how was yours how was your 2020 for you how was your experience i want to know about it and being curious because that's how we grow and develop together in a relationship but it is really hard to talk about it because you know, I was in a very um, unique position to the people around me. Um, no one lost their jobs. I was probably one of the only ones that really lost my job. So no one could really relate to me in that time. So, of course, I had like a lot, a lot of time on my own. So I wasn't with anyone. No one saw my progress except you. Yeah. <laughs> so we were together. Yeah, most definitely. It makes it really difficult, as I was saying, to then come back to those relationships at the conclusion of 2020 because... You know, we can move around a bit again and then you find yourself in a completely different frame of mind going back to the same place. I get nervous. Do you get nervous? I mean, you've been with people, so it's a bit different. I think, yeah, it's it, it's different because I can understand how you're nervous because you've redeveloped the way you look at the world and the way that you think. So you get sort of nervous at like, I want to express who I now am mm. and what I now feel and what I now believe. But... I don't know if I'm going back into an, into an environment that's going to let me do that. Yeah. But then there's also for, for you like socializing. That's it. I haven't yeah. socialized. Even going down to the um, library the other day. Yeah. Like I can go to the supermarket. That's why I don't just talk to anyone. But going going to the library and even though no one talks to you, it's like still a different environment. So I sat down and um, I was just looking around. I'm like, okay, this is different. And then you know I went home, but it, it still it, it still triggers me a little bit, mm. like going into a new environment like that. Yeah, it was definitely traumatic. Yeah, I mean we I mean anyway. we've, we've digressed a bit from the point. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at you now in the position that you're in, and what's that? What's my position? Okay, well, here's from, here's my <laughs> perspective, right? So you're four years older than me. Yes. So I know you've and that's. It's not a huge period of time in the big scheme of things, but it is still a significant amount of time in <laughs> regards to life experience. Surprisingly, there is there is a large gap, yes. There is, like, it, and there's some aspects where it feels a lot narrower, but there's yeah. some points where you can tell it's, we're miles apart. Like music and film. <laughs> <laughs> drives me crazy. I see, because we've been together for nearly three years, so I've seen your journey for the last three years and your growth and, and how you're different now to when we first met. Mm-hmm. But I see you now also at the end of your 20s and so much of your life obviously was lived bef- you know, without me being privy to it. Yeah. And so I see where you've arrived now uh, you know, with, with theatre, with the business that you're starting. And you know, I'm a part of it, which is great, but it's kind of you're, you're in the box seat for it at the moment. You've got something that you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you want to continue learning and developing. And you're so excited to, to take on clients and bring people in and, and learn on the job, like learn on the go. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably just divert a little bit, like just on that same thought. The reason I admire that so much is... When I was at uni, when I went to uni, I, was, I studied osteo. 
I when it came, I, I went through the whole the whole sort of first three years, just thinking it's okay. I'll really enjoy it once we start applying the theory that we're learning to the real world to actual clients. So that was kind of my main mindset when it came to when it came to my studies. Was it's all right? I'll enjoy it when I start applying it. And so just blindly thinking that I, I went through into fourth and fifth year. And in those years, that's when you get into the, the clinic and you start, you start treating real patients. Yeah, right. So I was so nervous every time I, I, I was about to have someone walk into the, into the treatment room and I had to take charge Why with them. That? I wasn't ready for it. Mm. I think like... I said, I'd gone through the entire previous three years, not being engaged in what I was doing. I was simply going through the motions and just, just passing and doing what I had to do. I mean, I was, I did well in uni. I never failed. Did you you enjoy it? Not really. No, no, not really. Uh, and you know, that's a whole, that's a whole conversation. We can get into it here too. Like, Mm. but I, I went through it kind of, like I said, with it in the back of my mind that I'll start enjoying it in fourth and fifth year. And so that whole mentality was like me pushing it was was like me pushing the passion for further down the track it's kind of me justifying not being like happy or fulfilled yeah right and i I was spending my so much of my time in uni or in these classes and studying and whatnot and i was almost justifying it by saying it's okay there's some point in the future that i will actually like this so I just have to make a little sacrifice now and it'll pay off later. And so by the time I actually got to that future point that I'd been deferring to, nothing changed. And so I didn't have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd learned all the theory. Like, don't get me wrong. I still learned a lot and I still knew how to treat and what to do. But the like passion wasn't there. I feel like you've remembered everything. Yeah. Like, because the way you talk, you're just like, oh yeah, that's this and this, like all the yeah. body parts. I, I retain information, it's but it's I, insane. It's, but the, it's yeah, the, know, passion, the passion, though, the passion yeah. that I was missing. Yeah. And like I said, I was deferring my passion. <laughs> I was constantly deferring, putting it off, putting it off. And I think along with that also was because I didn't have passion for it. I also didn't really want to take responsibility for it. Mm. Does that make sense? Like when you are just when you love something, when something means so much, and you know it, and you just want to do it, and that's all you want to do then you'll happily do whatever it takes to grab it, make it your own and go forth and apply it in any sort of situation. Yes. And that's, <laughs> I've learned that through, you know, as I continue to, to read and to experience more, learn more, you know, that's kind of what has made, started to make itself clear to me. Sure. But when I was at uni, I was simply learning things because I had to learn things and there was no passion there. There was no fire in me that made me want to apply what I was learning and and actually work in the field that i was i was studying yeah right. it, was, it was really frustrating and so by the time i actually got to student clinic and i had people lining up outside the the treatment room i was shitting myself i was so nervous i was terrified of actually of actually treating well because it was still in the future for you it was like still, that yeah. that passion that you were expecting was still in the future because yeah. you didn't want it anyway mm. Otherwise, you would have been passionate about it then, yeah. in second year and third year. Well, yeah, exactly. I would have walked in there and loved it from day dot, mm. or at the very least, had the drive. Yeah. What was driving me wasn't the enjoyment or the love of it. It was the fact that I had to do it. Because if I didn't do it, I'd fail. And if I flunked out, then what would I do? Yeah. That was the that was, was no other what option, was driving yeah. me through. There was no other option. It didn't feel like there was. Yeah. So. That being said, when I was 
actually had patients that were coming into to, you know wanting treatment i'd be really nervous and i wasn't passionate at all about it i just do what i had to do i was like don't get me wrong i still had good outcomes i wasn't a shit student i wasn't no, a terrible osteo yeah. i could still do it all but the passion wasn't there i think that's the yeah. point i'm trying to get at so you can learn everything you knew everything you know exactly how to do it and you were very good at it there was a pay, there was a, a number quota so in order to pass the clinic um unit of the course yeah you had to treat you had to uh, achieve 200 numbers and so every time you had a a new patient so someone who hadn't come to the clinic before uh, it was worth two and every time you had a return so someone who you have seen before they come back and see yep. again that's worth one sure so i went to india um, as a way of bolstering those numbers so can every- you explain why you went to india it was a Oh, or did you just I, I, randomly go to India to treat me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, so the, the university had a partnership with hospitals in India. There you go. And so we'd go to the 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 trip was supposed to be two weeks in Goa in a hospital in Goa and two weeks in Mumbai. Yeah. Uh, when the the time rolled around for when I finally put my hand up and said yes, I'll go to this course. I'll go along with this. The reason that I did it was because I was very low. I was really short on numbers and I really needed to get those numbers. So I'm like, okay, I kind of have no choice but to do this. I was actually initially, I didn't, oh, God, there's so much in this there as I'm like thinking about it. As I was applying and, and, and just doing it, the, the main driving force for that was because if I didn't do this, I wasn't going to get enough numbers and I wouldn't actually be able to pass uni. Mm. So that was the driving force behind me saying, yep, yeah, okay, I'll go because it was optional. And it was the best thing I ever did. And it had nothing to do with uni. I ended up getting the numbers that I needed, but it was the experience and seeing, like, I loved it. Every minute of it outside of the clinic. Because even when I was treating people in India, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be there doing that. (laughs) I... <laughs> I I I wanted to be out and just experiencing new new things and sights. I know you went overseas and and the experience that you had exploring and seeing new things and learning a bit more about a different culture that was something that really showed itself as a valuable experience to you. Yeah. So when I was over there, that's what I really resonated with me. And so anyway, I came back and every um, person that you treated in India was worth two as well. Sure. So I ended up getting to that two hundred. And my last clinic session, I actually had like three three patients lined up. It's going to sound so bad. I pretty much refused to treat them. <laughs> I handballed them off and I used the excuse. Because you already had 200. I already had my 200 yeah. numbers. So, so that I used the reason that because uh, fifth years and fourth years, they both worked side by side. Yeah. Um, and so I said, oh, I'll palm off my, my patients to fourth years so that they can get their numbers up. Yeah. So uh, it was a valid reason. Obviously, it's a valid reason. It seems altruistic, but the re- <laughs> the real reason was because I was just done. I had done what I needed to do, and I was done. I was out of there. But also, you could even look at it as um, you knew that the yeah okay they needed their numbers too. You'd give that, but you weren't passionate about it, so you wouldn't really be doing a service for the clients that are actually coming in. No, I mean no. I w- ultimately, I'd I'd sit there throwing theory at them. Yeah. And, and, and applying what I had um, learned read. practically in sure. read. You know, nothing, I, there was no drive to make it my own, really. Like, I had ideas. I'm like, this is, okay, so if I'm going to be an osteo, I have to be an osteo. What about it do I like? What areas do I like? And so that's, <laughs> I was looking at, at my prospects from the position, not of I love this and I just want to get into it and rip it apart. 
I was like, okay, I, I succumbed to the idea that this is my lot in life. So I better find something about it that I like. So yeah, no, so it, it didn't, it never really worked. It was never gonna work. It was always destined to fail. And again, this, this, I, I want to ex- like really, really, uh, stress that this is my, this is me as an individual, me yeah. explaining yeah, like experience. my position, my point of view from where I was at, at that point in time with osteo, it's not anything against the profession or against that industry or anything at all. This was just, I, if I even now was to say, all right, I'm going to go back and do osteo, I'd be so much more prepared now, mm. yeah, but that's neither here nor there at this point. The point I'm making anyways is I didn't have the passion and I was so nervous every single time that there was someone there for me to work with. But when I look at you and I see the passion that you have and what you are really just doing with that passion and that drive, you have everything that I didn't have. And I respect and I admire that so much because I know when I was in the position that you're in where I was nervous, you're more excited, you're more curious you're ready to go forth and, and make this your own and see what you, you see what you're actually capable of. I was terrified to see what I was capable of. Oh, the fear's still there. I'm still terrified. But yeah, there's more excitement this time around. But you gotta know, it, this took a long time. Mm. This was something in the making since I was 22. Yeah. 23. Uh, it began there. I knew I was gonna be some sort of healer. I really admired, like, there was something about, like, going overseas and having that experience and then moving probably through, it was maybe about 23, 24, where I was like, oh, I want to be this and I want to be that and I want to be a yoga teacher and I want to be this. And none of that came into fruition because there's a process and it wasn't for me. I could have, I should have just been doing it as a hobby, but everything I grasped onto everything because I thought that's what I wanted to be. And then, like, I had my, like, these moments where I'm not passionate enough. I loved yoga and I loved how it felt and I loved its, um, the teachings and everything that was, that was a part of it, but it wasn't for me. I wasn't meant to be a yoga teacher. There was something more for me. And it, there was so many things in my twenties. That's what I was saying. Like I've just gotten to where I want to, where I thought I was going to be at 25 at 29. Mm. And I know that for people that are older are going to be like, Oh my God, like you're such, you are so lucky to have found your passion at 29. But I'm like, I still had a journey and I've still got a journey ahead of, ahead of me. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'm listening. I can guarantee that this isn't going to be that flowing. It's not going to flow as beautifully as I think it's going to feel. It's going to be really hard. But the, th- the difference now with no- knowing that and where I am now is I'm actually excited to learn through that process. Whereas before I'm like, I just don't want that. I want it to be perfect. I want everything to be perfect. I want my website to be perfect and my work to be perfect. And I would try, I'd be organizing things and setting things up so perfectly without even learning or actually doing the work perfectly. And there's so much to it. So it took me a while. There is still a process. You're, you're, you're still further ahead than I was at 25. Like for, in my compared, compared to like in my comparison, in my view, like you're more aware and you're more conscious. You're very intelligent. You have, I don't like, this isn't just like, you know, we're talking about each other, (laughs) 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 but there are so many things about you that you've, you do have it. And it's what I forgot at 25 was seeing what I actually had. 
for me, what had, what had going for me and enjoying the process of making mistakes, doing this kind of job and that kind of job and learning from them. That's something that I, I, so I remember having some specific discussions and you changed your tune. It just came to me now with you saying sure. that. I remember we were together a couple of years ago and you said that you feel like you failed because it's too late for you to do anything noteworthy. There you go. And that was, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. So you were even younger. I remember that. And now now you're saying that you're so blessed to have been able to find it. And that, that's what your 20s was about. Yeah. What was, what's the difference? What's changed in order for you to change that point of view? Uh, experience, I guess, or time. Like, I honestly, I'm pretty grateful for the year that we had in 2020. That probably had a massive, um, massive, it shifted me and my perspective on who I was, who I am and what I want to do. And even just on life in general, like, I, I don't know, I was just thinking I was on my own 24 hours a day, not 24 hours, but I was like on my own for a lot, a big period of the day. Yeah. And I had a lot to think about. I was constantly thinking, 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 thinking. I had my ups, I had my downs, I had my ups, I had my downs. It was, it was like, it was madness. It was a roller coaster. Yeah. But through that roller coaster, I, I learned so much about what I could actually do. Like I, I, and what my life would, I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's just, it was that time. I just, I was patient. I think I really learned how to be patient with my purpose because I wanted it, but I couldn't reach out for it in desperation. Otherwise it kept, it wasn't working. Cause it's like, it's here for you, but th there's things that you need first in order to grasp it. You can't have it right now because you don't have the experience. Who would want a healer at 22? Correct, yeah. Who would want to see a counsellor at twenty at twenty-four, a twenty-four year old counsellor? I, I don't think anyone would. No one's had that much experience. I, I I completely agree with that. Having gone through it, I was straight out of high school, I went into yeah. uni. And when you when you're in a, this a situation This also isn't against anyone who is twenty four. Oh, no, of and course a not. No, no, of course this not. This is my personal This experience. is my personal yeah, my personal experience and my thoughts on it. Just just stepping back and trying to look at things objectively. Yeah. When you're in a in a situation when you're where you're working with, with a client or with a patient, especially um, in a in a position of of superiority in the sense that I'm the medical or the healthcare practitioner. Mm. So I have a, a sense of, I have a superiority over you because I'm telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what's wrong with you. I'm telling you how we're going to, how we're going to deal with it. There's an asymmetry of yeah. power in that situation. Yeah. You should have a level of life experience in my opinion, when it comes to situations like that. But I, that I knew that yeah. I knew I couldn't be a counselor or a healer or even a yoga teacher at the age that I was not because of my age. It was actually just the experience. Mm. I had no experience in any of that. Yeah. I, I just started it, got really excited and passionate and then wanted to make it a career because it felt so good. And I was reaching for my purpose. That's, that was my experience. Like I was reaching in desperation for trying it. I'm like, that's my purpose. Oh no, that's my purpose. I oh, know that's my purpose. I oh, know. And I was just like, <laughs> too excited whereas if i had just peacefully applied all the practices i would have mastered something through that process which mm -hmm. i haven't mastered anything yet i i learned patience and i learned faith and trust and all these other virtues that that just had that kind of an, uh, evolved or unfolded right up until this point. So there's a couple Does that make sense? Of, yeah, there, I think there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. One of them, it just, just, <laughs> just going back, to, I, I, I'm terrible at writing. I, I, I have a notebook here that is supposed to 
uh, be covered with my notes. This is episode 16. <laughs> oh, there's your notes from episode 14. Yeah, I, I, I'm terrible. I always start off with the intention. Yeah, I'll write notes down as I go, but I just get too into what we're saying and I just end up with a blank page. Uh, so with the experience, what I found from, from my personal experience was that when you don't have any life experience to draw upon... What's life experience? Time. Like, the, the time... <laughs> time. It's time. time it, it really is time. And, you know, when you've got that time to just go through and, and to experience different situations and learn things and, and fill your time with something valuable and, and gain the knowledge from whatever it is that you're doing, it just deepens your worldview, it deepens your perspective and your understanding so that you have a better idea of what you want to do and what you're about and who you are. When you're in your early 20s, for me personally, I was nowhere near that. I was an immature kid out of high school that just cared more about going out and drinking, you know, getting pissed with mates and, you know, that was that. We'd come and do uni because I had to do schooling because schooling's the right way to do something and that's the, that's the key. That's what's going to get you rich and wealthy and comfortable and satisfied in life. Look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that to me, that's the point That's the point where I was at, right? And so if I think about it, when you're out of, when you're straight out of high school like that as an 18-year-old and then you're, you spend the next five years of your life remaining in that education system, learning things and then going out into the real world you 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 stepping out into this say the real world but you're stepping outside of that education bubble yeah. so in the meantime you're sort of kept separate from what the big wide world is like when you're being educated because you are your life is about you know studying and focus and learn this and manage your time so that you and your priorities so that you can balance you know your social life going out and drinking and spending time with friends and, and your uni and, and family and if you've got a part-time job which i worked at woolies the whole way through mm. so that's a very different bubble to them to being out in the workforce on your own making your own decisions and living your own life that is something that is not you're not properly prepared for when you're being educated and it I have my own thoughts on how things should work or not how things should work because I don't know. I don't have any conclusions, but... It's from your experience. From my experience, right? What so doesn't all you've got when... All I had when I graduated was book knowledge. So I'm coming at someone's health and someone's life with no life experience of my own. All I had was what I learned in the books. And so I can just regurgitate facts and, and knowledge and information you know, to, to someone that I'm working with. And that, that's all I had. It wasn't shaped by any particular worldview. It wasn't shaped by any deeper understanding of myself yeah. and what actually resonates with me. And so it was just, it was hollow. Like it, there was no substance or passion or yeah. anything supporting my, the, the information that I had in my head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it probably sounds redundant. Like uh, I know it, it's, it's my position. It's not everyone's position. But it's, it's become really important to me to actually have some kind of substructure for what it is that I'm doing. Because otherwise, I'm just going to be going forth into what I'm doing with basically knowledge from a book and no knowledge from the work. Yeah. And that, I think, is crucial. Yeah. Like I said, particularly in a situation where there is an asymmetry of power between the practitioner and the patient. And so I think that life experience is crucial. And mm -hmm. like you said yourself, who's going to want to receive counseling from someone half their age? Yeah. You know, if someone's 20 versus if someone's, you know, someone's 40, yeah. 
you know. Because I know that I wanted an older counsellor when I was 23. Mm. I don't think, I, I don't know what I could have gained from someone my own age because I'm like, I, I need, <laughs> I need experience. I, I want to, I want an author, not an authority, but someone who has been through something and understands something so much so that it's been, you know, 10, 15 years of their life mm. at least. You know, uh, I, I grew up around older people. You know, I grew up around younger people. And I, of course, I'm going to listen to someone who's older and who has had experience and who's had jobs and who's had depression and who's had all of that and work through it. Yeah. Rather than opposed to someone who doesn't understand it, has no idea. Well, because the difference would be, the difference would be, okay, so from what I've read about depression, these are the symptoms of depression. And so because we know what the symptoms are, Okay, let's open this book up. Okay, and so this is how we're going to treat those symptoms. Yeah. That's what you get, as opposed to someone who who's okay. I've I've had experiences with people like this in my life, and also maybe personal experience on what happened. I can relate to you on a deeper level, mm. and it's not obviously you're not going to have experienced absolutely everything, everything there is to experience, but it's just just experience just more. Yeah just more and build a stronger foundation for yourself. And that's why like some practitioners have their own niche. And I love that. I love that they're specific to something because then those people that have, if they're in, if they're working with depression because they've had depression and they've worked through it and they've understood it, I would want to go to them and like, how did you get through it? Hmm. So like for me, I actually can't remember if my counselor had depression or anything, but she steered me in the right direction. Hmm. And she did it in a way that she wasn't judging me. She was giving me the right tools. She was listening. I think the listening part was really important for me. Um, whereas I was always like, I, you know, when I was growing up, those that were older, oh, you're a baby. You've got so much time ahead of you. Oh, you're going to figure this out. I'm like, I need help now. Yeah. <laughs> I need guidance now. And I didn't know that at the time. I was like, okay, I'll wait. Okay, I'll wait. All right, I'll wait. And then, well, I'm 25. I'm waiting still. Like, okay, I can't wait anymore because I'm the one who has to make this happen. Mm. I'm the one who's responsible for my life. I'm the one who gets to choose, essentially, even if I want to do this project, if I don't want to do this project or I want to do this course and not do this course, have this job or not have this job, I can choose. Mm. And I think I understood that like mid, actually, even after my mid um uh, 20s yeah. like 27 like probably when we began to um we began dating because you you shook my world in a really great way i was i wasn't very structured in my thinking i was floating i was very creative so everything was everywhere my life was a mess i'm not gonna call it a mess but it was Unorganized. Unorganized. <laughs> Whereas you come in all structured with all your binders and you, yeah. Oh, I'm not the binder person. No, but that's I'm just I've like, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> but no, in in the sense that you were organized, you knew who you knew who you wanted to be, or at least you were focused. Like your focus on things was incredible, and the way you handle, you like moved on after um, just anything. Like when you'd have a bit of an argument, or if you had. Um, just a conversation you could just move on and I was like oh whereas before I'd like hold on to emotions and hold on to the feelings of things and everything would just keep it all inside me hmm. so it taught like trained me out of that and began to like balance a little bit of I'm like oh okay so now I can actually choose what books to read not to actually list just like read it because someone else has told me to read it yeah because then just to say that I've read it I want to understand it like you sought to understand what you were reading and I've never been around that because when I was like the, the, my friends in high school, they were very, like they were smart, 
They, were, they just read and understood it and that was it. And I'm like, why can't I read this and understand it? Like I really struggled with that. But watching you and your process, I was like, oh, that's how he does it. I'm like, I want to try that. I'm going to try really understand what each word and what the sentence is really. Like, look at the sentence again. What does it mean to me and my perspective? And what is my perspective? And then obviously I went down a philosophical um, yeah. <laughs> route, rabbit hole, rabbit hole yeah. and nearly set me to depression again. But <laughs> I got, <laughs> but no, but it shook, it shook the way I was or the way I was conditioned. Like, that's what that does as soon as you start to ask those sort of questions and think a little bit deeper mm. when, once you can do that and break that it makes you so uncomfortable and it, it the reason it sends you down that it's not depression no, but it's, not it just that. throws your emotions into chaos is because it shakes up your entire construct of what you've believed to be true up until this point and as soon as you start to question your own foundation you, you throw yourself completely i was like oh my gosh who am i <laughs> It's a very fascinating um, experience. Yeah. But, yeah. This is, this is what's interesting, though. So there's a difference, obviously, between what you experience and what shapes you and helps to create who you are kind of thing. Yeah. So, obviously, if, if you're going to go through a certain certain situation then you're going to you're going to take something from that and that's going to help develop you or shape you going forward whether in a good or a bad way mm. and you know, same for me i'll go through other things too and that'll shape me as well so you can say if you contrast our experiences then you can be like okay i can understand why there's potential differences especially if you just go when you're 25 versus where i am now you'd experience something different to what i've experienced so I'm going to be at a particular point. You're going to be at a particular point. Mm. So you can say that, yeah, we're definitely shaped by the experiences that we've had, yeah. but also probably even just maturity and like just, just that life experience that we're talking about mm. also makes things different. We've walked a different path. So we're at different places, yeah. but I think overall, when I look at where you're at, you're ready to move into something yeah. and I'm not. And I don't know if that's something that is necessarily shaped, is something an experience, a specific experience can give you, or if it's simply time. If, you know, maybe by the time I'm your age now, maybe by the time I'm in my late 20s going into 30, I'll be at a place where I'm confident and I'm like, I know exactly what it is that I want to do going forward. I don't know where that is yet. And I don't know if that's is something that, that experience can give you. <laughs> it is. <laughs> because like I said, I look at you and I see where you're at. And you got that confidence and that desire and that drive. And I, I just don't have that at this point. And, and I just want to make very clear, this is, I'm talking about myself. I'm not, I'm not um, generalizing any of this. No, this is just you and me talking. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Of course, it's just me and you talking and anybody listening. <laughs> I, I don't, I hate being spoken for and I don't want to feel like it yeah. for anyone else thinks that I'm speaking for them. Mm. So this is just from my yeah. personal experience, because yeah, like I said, we've gone through different things. And that shapes us. But I've... But how much does it shape us? Because... I've had that feeling all my 20s. Do you know how frustrating it is to have it for nearly a decade? So... <laughs> so you're saying four up. or five years of this? <laughs> no. But the thing is, you're more... What I'm saying is you're more aware. You at least know that you want something. It's going to... When you know and you're patient, like you... Then, you know, you have my experience. So you might get there next year. Like, we don't know that. Mm. You don't know that. It depends like what you invite, we, like free will. We've got free will how to choose, right? If you take every experience as it is and you learn from it, you're going to learn faster and you're going to get there quicker when you accept that this is the process. Mm. I, I, it took 2020 for me to slow down 
to be ready for this. Yeah. It came at the end of 2020. It didn't come in the middle. It didn't come at the start. At the start, I thought I was like, oh my God, yay. Okay, so I've now I, um, I'm ready to do this work because I've been um, uh, let go of my job. So now I can actually apply what I've been talking about for the last six years. But I was like, oh, okay. So I, when I sat down and tried to do it, I wasn't ready. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this is really difficult. Forgetting that like what was actually going on in the world, forgetting that I was isolated, forgetting that I couldn't actually do anything, forgetting that I couldn't see my family and all of those ex that experience that I needed in order to have what I got and what I received at the end, which was theta. And that's just one part of what I want to be doing. But, that, but that's enough for me because I'm like, it, it taps into infinite potential and I've always loved the, the idea of infinite potential, but I didn't really know what that mean, meant. Mm. Infinite possibility, sorry. I did never understood. I've always loved the, I love the word infinite. I just didn't really understand what it was. Cause that's, that's, I'm sort of in a similar position to that where I love, cause I, I, I read a lot and I take on a lot of information yeah. and there's so many things that even I've developed for myself, ideas and philosophies. I love the sound of it yeah. and I love, it makes sense to me. It, it logically, it clicks with me. So I, because it, it resonates like that, I kind of take it and I'm like, this is a really important part of what I believe and it's part of my foundation. But then it, when it comes to actually implementing it and applying it in a practical sense in my life, it's actually, it's quite difficult because I haven't gone through anything necessarily that's tested that. So it, it's, kind of, it's almost nerve wracking to be like, all right, I'm going to put my ideas to the test. And, you know, what if it doesn't stand stand the test of whatever it is that I'm going to go through? What would happen? I'd have to just go back to the drawing board. That's it. But, you know, that's what I, you know, I established with attachment is that you can't be attached to any particular ideas that you have. <laughs> <laughs> because if you let them control you, then you will go down with those ideas yeah. uh, once they've been undermined. Unless... And that's what you learn. Like, I would... The way you're thinking now, it's very, it's very wise and mature for someone at 25. Be, having been 25 and just now co just comprehending what you learned a year ago. So even when you were 24, like that's, you have a lot that I didn't have. And that's just, oh, we're just comparing because that's, I'm trying to make you feel better. But, <laughs> Thanks. But no, I'm just comprehending now all the questions that you were asking a year ago. Do you know? Do you understand? So, for me to like, for me being a year uh, like late to that, like that's something in itself. But then we can even say, like, and then even argue that you had to experience, you had to go through 2020 in order to position yourself to be able to comprehend that sort of stuff. Yeah, but you you experienced I, I had a... it the year before. So nominally, so yes, you're late to the party. <laughs> but no, you had to ex you had to go through some real experience. I I had a precipitating experience that forced me down a particular route. I was also, however, I forget my bloody mum on the podcast at one point to talk about what I was like growing up. I always had that tendency to ask why and to question and to challenge. As I said in the in the last episode, you know, she said I've always been controversial, and you know, I need to stop fighting. And I mean, that's her perspective. I, to me, I'm like, I don't want to actually lose that, that questioning, that inquisitiveness, that challenging nature that I have. No, because that's going to get you to where you want to be. Yeah. But it's you it's know harnessing that. it for my You know that. Benefit. So you're typically, you're, you're further along than I, I am. <laughs> but uh, this is, this is, so something else that I, 
just through the course of this conversation, um, you to get to the point where you're at now, mm. you needed 2020 to happen the way it did. Mm-hmm. So if I just step back and look at look at it like it's in a vacuum, you're in a position now where you've found your passion and you've, you're going somewhere that you're very much in conscious control of. And you're very excited and keen for it. There's sure. a fire in you for it. Yes. And so I guess what I've been trying to allude to throughout the, this sort of conversation is that that is something potentially that could be a result of just the life experience of having gone through your 20s. And now at the end of your 20s, you've had the experience that you need in order to get to this point yes. but you needed that you needed that experience to be sequenced exactly as it was in order for you to get here Absolutely. so you, you weren't necessarily going to have found your passion and found what it is that you're good at and what you love doing uh in in 20 in in 2020 or at the end of your 20s yeah. you know i'm not necessarily going to find my passion at the end of my 20s you know so it's 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 just funny how mm. you still have a fortunate if you can take the experiences that are generated and you, you see what is in them that you can take away from them that's beneficial to you, then you get to actually be aware of how you're changing and how you're developing and what you can take from those situations to help you move forward. And I, I guess that's what you ultimately did unconsciously initially, but then consciously once you started figuring out some things for yourself and some truths for yourself. So if 2020 hadn't have happened for you, you might, you probably wouldn't be in this position now. Absolutely not. But I also asked for experience. You did. <laughs> and I, I literally asked for it um, like years ago. And through that time I did, I got, I got it all. I got all the experience I wanted, but experience takes challenge and trauma and experience, especially when you're, when you want to be someone who helps people through their problems, you got to deal with problems. Yeah. So that's going to be my experience. So I haven't, yes, when things happen, I get angry, I get pissed and frustrated. Of course, and anyone would, that's just a natural state of, that's just a natural emotion to feel when things go shit. Um, and when they don't go the right way or the way they planned, but I've actually appreciated them at the same time. Like, I know I need this. I know that I've needed to be on my own for this amount of time. I know that I've had to actually be separate from my family and the people that I've known mm. because I won't find myself in this familiar... That's the reason why I went overseas, uh, subconsciously and unconsciously. I, I went overseas because that's something new that I couldn't find myself being around the same thing because I was I had conditioned myself to a particular version of myself mm. and particular morals and beliefs and values and which didn't fit me and it wouldn't have gotten me to this place yeah. that I am in now. I would never have gotten to my purpose. I would never have found it if I had remained there. Yeah. And I know that's that's like no one's fault. It's like I want to manage. I want to manage how I can be myself in that familiar environment, but as me, yeah. not as the version of me that wouldn't doesn't get to my purpose. I want to get to my purpose and being be able to also be around my the circle of friends that I've grown up with and my family and just the way I am. So that's like kind of the trick or the challenge is to be able to like reintegrate mm. yourself into a familiar environment, even if you're different. Yeah. I mean, if it's your family, like we're going to have to see family again eventually. You know, we're going to have to, there's always going to be a birthday, like we could say going tomorrow, <laughs> family birthday, where there, there are things, there are going to be dinners, there's going to be celebrations, there's going to be weddings, there's going to be, there's going to be occasions. So you're going to have to 
find a way to be that version of yourself in it yeah. and be okay with maybe someone asking a question. Oh God, we were talking about authenticity the other day. We were. And what is authenticity? And, and this, <laughs> this is one of the, we're constantly sort of challenging our own thoughts and our own beliefs about certain things. Because we we love the word authenticity. I love it. And, and we've had like, an idea of authenticity, mean? but it's like, what actually is yeah. authenticity? Yeah. You know, is it, is it you being able to identify what is true for you and then acting in accordance with that truth, you know, or is it, is it identifying what's true and expressing that truth? <laughs> and then it's like, what is that truth? Is it the new truth that you found or is it the old truth? Well, because this is what we were talking about. So mm-hmm. we, were, we, were, we were saying with authenticity that if you, you know, you know how you, if you are in a, if you're in a social situation with one person, then you are, you are in a particular way with them. You present yourself in a particular way with them. Yep. Maybe you have a specific relationship with them. They have a particular purpose in your life. So you kind of match yourself to that vibe with them. And yep. maybe it's just more conducive to a better social interaction. But with another person, they serve a different role in your life. Mm. So you'll be different with them. For example, I'll be, I'll be a different way with my mum than I'll be with your mum. Sure. And so what we were talking about with authenticity, <laughs> so it's like if you have a belief in, if you, if you see yourself a certain way, if you see the world a certain way, if you have certain beliefs, then the way that you present yourself should be in accordance with those, mm. right? So if you're having a social interaction with somebody, are you being inauthentic if you present yourself one way to somebody else than you do with another person? Mm. So because I'm one way with my mum and I'm a different way with your mum, is one of is one way me being authentic and another way me being inauthentic. So that's <laughs> What did we come to? What was the conclusion? Oh, let's talk about it now. I know, I forgot. Cuz we we came to some sort of conclusion. Well, yeah, I mean, we just just talk through it. Like, so that's what I was saying. I was confused in talking about authenticity because up until at least that point, I'd say to be authentic is no matter what social situation you're in, you present the same version of yourself. Mm. But what happens then is that with one person, so with mum, because I have the history with her, we have a certain relationship dynamic. We can have a, a very intense argument, but also move on from it very quickly. Yeah. So if I was to convey information or express myself in that, that way with her it's okay but if i was to do that with your mum it's going to be a very different story sure. so i need to adapt the way that i communicate and express myself with your mum mm-hmm. so because i present my myself in that in that particular way uh, i present myself differently in those situations does that mean i'm being inauthentic to either my mum or to your mum okay no because i've remembered now what i was talking about um because we our energies are different you're not going to yell at my mum you, you probably wouldn't, uh, you know, with that same fire, you're not going to yell at her for multiple reasons. But also you can sense her energy, that she's more of an emotional, she probably doesn't handle yelling well, especially from a, like from a, um, a stranger, not a stranger, obviously. I'm a stranger. Well, I'm just saying, no, it's it's not a stranger. Years, oh <laughs> but I think we came to the conclusion that it's matching your energy with someone when you're with them, mm. not changing your information, mm. but changing the way you present that information. Yeah. That's what it was sort of. I think that's that's sort of because the reason I bring this up is because in, in line with okay you've changed because you've spent time away from a group and yeah. now you've got to try and figure out how to reintegrate yourself back into that group sure. and still be yourself. So that's sure. why I bring this up. Sure, sure. Okay. So yeah. we're talking about like authenticity. So 
because you've changed, you don't have to be the exact same, like, you don't have to stay yeah. completely um, physically true to that belief. So, for example, if you've, if you've spent time away and you've changed and you've learned something and you've learned a particular way of being or expressing yourself that really works for you, then you don't come back into a situation and then just blatantly assert that on everybody mm -hmm. because that's going to rub some people up the wrong way. Yeah. Some people love it yeah. and some people will hate it. Mm. So that does an injustice to what it is that you actually stand for because one person's getting the message, but another person isn't. Yeah. And so I think we we're talking about authenticity and express in, in how you express yourself. If you have, yes, like I said, if you have a belief or if you subscribe to a philosophy or you have your own foundation or idea about something, it's your ability to articulate that idea, express that idea. Mm -hmm. So as long as you hold yourself principled to certain ideas mm. that you believe to be true and you stay true to those principles, as long as you stay true to those principles and you can communicate from that foundation, yeah. you can express yourself differently with every different, with every different person. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's if you have nothing that's sort of supporting you, then you're kind of not going to have any authenticity from which to support yourself with. No. Yeah. And that's why we need to know thyself. Yeah. <laughs> that know thyself has been on my mind for the last few weeks and has probably helped me. And I've actually gotten experience. And there has been a quiet, uh, um, a, a quietening with me and. Uh, like my social circle or like mm. with me, like I've had, we've distanced and it's that time again, that time of understanding what authenticity is. Mm. And then as soon as I figure something or I'll come to some sort of conclusion, someone messages me yeah. or um, someone calls me or someone random messages. And that's my test. That's my challenge. Okay. Now I've understood this up to this point. I get it now. How can I imply it? And then this situation comes to me. Yeah. So you, you being 25 and you wanting to know your purpose, if you put something out there, if you put a message, I want to learn more about what it is that I, um, that I'm, I'm meant to do and something I'm like, if you just put that message out there, guaranteed the universe is going to put something in front of you. Yeah. It's going to put you a book in front of you or someone might say something or you might have an interaction at work. Like, nearly like 99.99999% of the time, if not a hundred percent of the time, I'm actually going to say a hundred. Every single time you ask for something, you will get it, mm. whether that's positive or negative. If you are scared of something, then, or it's, it's another thing, you're putting the fear out there. It's that fear is going to come back to you. Mm. Is that also how you perceive the situation too? So like if you ask, let's say, okay, I've settled on something now, I'm ready. I need experience. I, I need to, I need to learn more about this something or other. You know, you can go forth and still experience what you were going to experience anyway, but it's because you've the alerted awareness. that, you've created that awareness yeah, by yeah. asking the question, you've switched the awareness yeah. to that outcome. Yeah. And so you might you might go and go about the next day, for example, and experience that, that day exactly how you were mm -hmm. always going to experience it. But now that you've asked the question and you've got the mindset, the awareness, for it, yeah. you'll notice something. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that something's going to come out of nowhere and smack you in the face where it wouldn't have been there otherwise. But you still have free will. So you have free will to either ask for something and it'll happen quicker rather than wait and for it to happen over and over and over and over again for you to then get it. 
Yeah. So with you choosing with your own free will to ask the question, to seek, to do the work, to asking the right question and what you want and putting that out into the universe, then you the first time it comes to you, you'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's come to me. I've learned now I can ask for something else. Well, that's the, that's the you, awareness that's, though. That's that rhythm that you get with the life and the universe and you become one with this is what I need and come like I'm ready to receive it. And well, because I feel like if, you, if you're asking those questions and you're putting your mindset towards this is what I want to do, then like I said, everything that's in your environment right now, if you become attuned or you put your intention behind a certain idea, yeah. then those things that are in your environment that are there to support you in achieving that intention, they're going to stand out to you more. Yeah. So they would always have been there potentially, but now you changed your mindset and your awareness. I'm just presenting a different, I'm yeah, presenting yeah, no, a different Because I understand that. that too. So it could, it could already be happening. Yeah. And now that you're attuned to it, You'd be like, oh, it's been happening for like 10 years. Yeah. This message has been coming to me for 10 years. Like, so for example, I could say, okay, I, I just I just want a new job. I want to do something different. I just want to learn something new. Sure. That job exists. Yes. Or it will exist because I'm going to create it. Mm -hmm. But my ability to create it exists. Yes. But because I'm being so vague in general and I'm not really that into the thing, I'm just like, I'm so unsatisfied with where I'm at right now. I just want to go forth and do something that's going to make me feel good. You know, but once you then start to get more specific and have a little bit of an intention and a bit of drive to it, you might go, I'm actually really interested in, in money. I actually really enjoy structuring my money and creating a budget and playing around with finances. I'm, like, I'm actually interested in learning a little bit more about it. Yeah. So then you th then you start to notice the resources you might have and whether you have books on finance or you've got the internet maybe you go on the internet and, and, and look something up or you go to the library you know these resources were always there yeah. but it wasn't until you said this is actually what, what I might I do and then that might then cascade into a job in in finance or whatever and then that way so because you've actually got a little bit of drive and a little bit of motivation or inspiration behind an idea or behind a certain course of action then you will start to notice where that actually has always existed in your life mm -hmm. and you can start to get creative with it and utilize it so that you can go forth and, and manifest something that was always there for you to manifest yeah yeah for sure yeah i'm with that because i'm just like just just talking about it and presenting it because yeah you definitely look at it at the point of view that it is it is given to you and i think well okay we we were talking about purpose and divine timing right a few yep. episodes ago or just in general we always talk about it um and the fact that we have a purpose and we're always given these messages and they all think that we will always be put on this path and we will always be given the resources or the messages to do a certain thing or move us in this sort of sort of direction. And that's what we agreed on. Yeah. So we're, like we have a, a specific path and purpose here in this life and in this body. And essentially all those kinds of all those resources are already available to us, mm. whereas we just have to be conscious and aware of them. So. The thing is with free will, you can ask for for those things sooner. Mm. If you're more aware, like now that I'm so much more aware than I was a year ago, I'm now, I know exactly what I need. I, I need this, this, and this, and I know that it's gonna take a little bit time to get this one, but that's okay because I've got this. Yeah. And you become more aware of things. And instead of it taking like another 10 years or 20 years, it might actually take two years 
because I'm more conscious of mm. making my decisions and you make more of an impact that way. And then you'd be able to do more and create more impact. Is that because you've identified where you want to go? So all of a sudden yeah. the things that are in your in immediate environment start to, you start to notice what value they can provide towards you achieving that goal. Because some people might be like, I'm really good at this. And I don't really, they fight with their purpose. Mm. They, they're like, oh, but I don't really think that I'm going to be good at it. Or they just, they don't choose it. And like, I want to do something else because that's not for me. I'm always being pushed in that direction, which is like the, the road that you're supposed to go, that they reject it. And it happens a lot. And it's like you reject the idea of actually going forth and you think that there's something else out there. Maybe it's because you don't feel worthy. Maybe it doesn't, doesn't matter what reason. There's a reason why you're not um, going on that path. Hmm. And you're choosing your free will. You're choosing not to go on that. Of course, it's going to take longer because you've got to go all the way around. Yeah. And then... And then start again, kind of thing. When you're at a certain age, you're like, oh. Does that assume that you're going to get somewhere no matter what in the end? Well, that's what we agreed, didn't we? When we said we have to, like because we are we have certain traits, skills, and abilities. So yes, so, but we still choose how yeah, that unfolds. Yeah. So yes, I can I can be a healer. I am a healer, but how much of a healer do I do I want to improve or do I just want to stay here? Yeah. That's what I having. That's what I have control over. Yeah. I can choose how experienced I am. Or how little experience, how if I just want to play it safe and maybe have one or two clients a month and then just settle for the amount of money. Or do I just go, this is the lifestyle that I want. I believe that I can have it. Even though it is nothing like the people around me have, I don't even know what it feels like. I don't know what it, I just know what it looks like. Mm. And I want it. I believe that I have, that, that dream house exists. I believe that that lifestyle exists. I want to be able to afford Valentino or I want to be able to afford, like whatever it is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh my God. It's Valentino. This is, it's a designer, honey. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is what we're talking about. The four <laughs> years is a yeah, long... Are, are they also your your enjoyment of fashion and probably plays role? I don't really care probably, so much. Probably, but okay. I'm not going to get on that. It's just going to make me upset. Okay, I think this is your grey shirt. <laughs> Is it? I think it was in your. I think it was in my part of the wardrobe, but I don't I know. I thought it looked quite like because the shoulders are quite high. Uh, I thought it was a male top, but anyway, sorry, we don't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the lifestyle. Why not go for it? Mm. But the thing is, what I'm aware of is, I've never experienced that. I know that it's going to be a process, but I'd rather have like spend my time getting better and better and better and mastering my my skills and abilities to that point rather than settling for maybe like, you know, just for came up for the rest of my life because it doesn't fit in with what I enjoy and what I'm attracted to. Okay. Well, here's, let's go quite deep for a second. Sure. And it's going to sort of redig up the conversation that we had on divine timing and free will. If we, I believe that your soul has a purpose here, that your soul manifests your physical form. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it's the purpose of the soul that ultimately drives the events that occur in your life or what happens in your life because your soul needs to experience, needs to learn lessons. And so that's why you're living the existence that you're living right now and you're experiencing what you're experiencing right now because your soul needs it. Sure. It's not about what you're going through humanly. It's about what your soul can glean from the situation that you're in. So... If you're, say, down here to be a healer, you know, and 
Oh, sorry, let me just backpedal just a sec. So, you know, if you part, when you pass away, when it's time for you to leave this earth humanly, it's because your soul has either learned a lesson or it's got all it's going to be able to get from this existence. So that's that's when you it's time for you to leave, mm-hmm. and you, know, you pass away and you move on, and that's that's one of my beliefs. Sure. So that being the case, if you're meant to be a healer, you know, and and that's one of your soul's purpose. If you if you become a healer, like at the end of your life and then you die, was it your soul's purpose to be a healer as opposed to what happened if you learned that you were going to be, that you wanted to be a healer and you wanted to heal and you did it when you were 20. And then you had a whole life of, of being in what it was that you wanted to do and what your soul was here to learn and, and develop it and create something for yourself. So in those situations, that was your purpose to be a healer. But one person died when they discovered they wanted to be a healer versus the other person started their life knowing they wanted to be a healer. The two people made different decisions. Well, that's right. So were both of them them going to get to be healers? Is it because one got there sooner, they got to be a healer and experience healing for longer? And because it was just the uh, the natural course of their life has led them to finally want to be a healer at the end and then they die because their purpose was to become a healer. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense with that? It depends what their life was filled with. If their life was filled with, um, you know, being um, like stopping every time the opportunity came, Mm. um, feeling unworthy, not really, um, pardon me, um, not, you know, like the decisions that you make when things are coming to you. I, I want to know what happened in that person's life to then reach... Maybe their purpose wasn't to be a healer. Maybe mm. that was just their... Because purpose isn't necessarily a career. Mm. Purpose is... Yeah, I'm just using just, it for... Like, yeah, yeah, no, way, I know yeah. what you mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe that's for their next life. Yeah. They've learnt what they've needed to learn in their period right. of life. So that's their experience, like we were talking about. So maybe the person that was 20 had to went through that experience and they the died in before. the previous life at the Something end. Like so that. they start this life. Or, or I mean, that's, that's true, just, right? I mean, is it infinite possibilities to these scenarios because if you look at people are on earth right now yeah and every life is unique every brain is unique every person is made up differently and of the same stuff but differently they've got different um uh ingredients sure sure so of course everyone's going to have a unique experience but we also have free will to choose Mm. if we if i choose not to do this and i'm going to go back to the cafe and just work for the rest of my life. How would that affect us right mm. now, right? Well, you would be like, what are you doing? I, you know, we'd probably break up because you want more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it might lead to that. It might lead oh, yeah, to us breaking could. up because that's not going to fulfill me. I'm settling for something that doesn't actually bring me joy, but it just gives me um, like a monthly, weekly paycheck. Sure. So for you, if your if your um, purpose or if your de- desire is to have money and financial wealth and learn about it, you're going to want more of it so you can know what you do want to do with it. You're not going to get that from me, right? Unless you really love me and you know I'm everything for you. <laughs> well, that would go to because I also believe if we if we're going to go down on this sort of tangent now. I don't know how long we've been talking. Oh, that's it. I just usually is what happens. We start off when you talk about one thing, go down a million different rabbit holes. I think with relationships, right? Mm. So we're just going down to like, just following that, maybe a breakup with you, maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. What purpose are you serving in my life? Exactly. Like in that in that sort of situation, that would suggest that I'm looking for a partner who's going to continue to benefit and to grow my bank account or will continue to put have me in a situation or have the both of us in a situation where 
we are increasing the amount of money or amount of financial wealth that we've got. It depends what you value in a relationship. Well, that's well, that's what I mean, though. So mm-hmm. if you, each relationship you have serves a purpose. So if I'm in this relationship because I see it, you know, being of financial benefit to me in the future, then yeah, I mean, if you backpedal and you get back to working at the cafe full time, then that's not exactly going to take a step in that direction. So then it might be time for it to come to an end. Yeah. And that would be the end of that relationship because it's no longer serving the purpose I'd identified for it to serve. Mm-hmm. But I don't... No, I mean, that's not the happening because this relationship isn't, isn't about finances. No. <laughs> One of the things I really identified and actually understood this week, I was listening to another podcast and they brought it up in passing and I'm like, holy crap, no, I actually really understand this now. And I understand it from our perspective and the situation that we're in. And that is that we have been conditioned by what, we, you know, by what we've gone through and what we've experienced and what has the framework that we've grown up in Mm. so i'll explain what i mean we're obviously trying to start something completely new we're we're wanting to change our lives right we're wanting to create something that is just beneficial for us and beneficial for society and how we can serve so we're looking to break out of the employee sort of role and start something for us that is going to be beneficial for hopefully as many people as possible, including us. Mm-hmm. But that requires us stepping outside of conditioning. And that's something that we've had to grapple with. I think you've grappled, obviously you're older than me, so you've grappled with it for longer. But it was something that when I was like, when I heard this, I'm like, oh my God, it really makes sense. Yeah. Right. And I'm talking about our education and our education system and the way that the, how school is structured and how that has ingrained in us a particular way of looking at things and how it's trained us to be a certain way. Not necessarily in what we've, what we've learned and what's been taught in school. Obviously, what you get taught in school shapes your mm. beliefs for a certain period of time until something comes along that shakes you away from it. Yeah. But the whole thing is with what we're doing and, and being entrepreneurial and trying to create your own job and create just creating in general yeah. you need to step outside of of the the structure of what's normal because when you're creating something that inevitably is change you're either adapting something that already exists or changing something that already exists or you're making something that didn't exist exist yeah. <laughs> so it's creating something out of nothing yeah exactly so so when you're looking to create you actually have to get outside of the system that you're living in in order to do that and get into that space mm. in my opinion we've been trained out of that mm. the way that we are taught in school is this is we're going to teach you content but then we're going to test you on that content and so you're going to be right or you're going to be wrong in how you answer that test mm. and you pass or you fail there's no real middle ground where obviously in early school you don't have the brain capacity to be able to have a debate about a particular topic right could you imagine you having this brain at like age seven <sighs> Oh my god! Barely sufferable, and barely sufferable. Now. <laughs> I was so insufferable back then. Uh, so we we're, we're we're raised kind of on this idea that you're right or you're wrong. So, and you're also in a in the structure and the framework of school is that you've got a teacher there to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. So you've constantly got somebody there teaching you that there is one way of doing something and there's a way of not doing something. Mm-hmm. And one of those is right and one of those is wrong. So no matter what, you've always got someone that's going to be there to guide you to make the right 
quote unquote yeah. right, right decision. <laughs> and if you do a test, you either get the answer right or you get it wrong. There's not a gray area that you flesh out. You don't tease out ideas in school. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was you the same experience it. in university. You, I went through school with that idea of there's right, there's wrong, there's past, there's fail. Yeah. I've got someone there that tells me what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same thing in uni. Mm-hmm. To me, there was no... I never really feel like I... It was in a particular situation where it was, it was like, we're going to put an idea on the floor and we're going to pick it apart. There was none of that. It was like, this is what, you know, the experience has shown us and this is what we've sort of taken from it. Mm-hmm. And then that's what we then were tested on. And so it was still a right or a wrong. Yeah. You know, you still, this is, it's, it creates this idea that it's when you go out into the real world, it does, yeah, it creates, yeah, yeah I, I got a lot of things right, so I'm smart, I'm book smart. Yeah. I got a lot of things wrong, I'm dumb. Yeah. And so it creates this entire way of looking at the world around you in that there's a right way of doing something and there's a wrong way of doing something. You also get accustomed to the idea of there being someone that is superior to you telling you what's right and wrong. And if you get something wrong, they'll tell you that it's wrong. And that's why we wait for permission to do things. Yeah, well, that's because right. Because we want permission. It was like, oh, well, I really want to start this business. And it's like I was waiting for permission yeah. for someone to say, you're allowed to do this. Yep, you are now ready to do this. <laughs> here you go. Yep, you <laughs> and passed. And this is the right thing to and do. And now you can start an ad here. Yeah. Yes, well yeah. done. And, and, and it's like, and, and how are you going to start an ad here? Yeah. And I'm going to give you a test. And if you get, if you pass the test, then you are ready to go. I would, inc- I would just keep failing and failing and failing. But that's, that's <laughs> the thing, you know, we, we come out into this world where you have to be independent. You know, you don't have someone that's there with you telling you that's the wrong thing to do mm. or that's the right thing to do. <laughs> and, and you're left try- with this idea, with this conditioning that there's a right way to do something and there's a wrong way to do something. And you've got to try and really quickly establish what's right and what's wrong. And then you, go, you try and implement it and you, it doesn't work how you saw it to work. And so you must have got it wrong. So very quickly you give up and it's, it gets so overwhelming because you've got, you don't necessarily have someone there that's superior that's going to say, no, nah, that's the right way of doing it. That's the wrong way. And when you're trying to create something from scratch or create something different, you're not, you haven't been trained to look for those gaps. Yeah. You've been trained that this is the information that we have. And so this is, this is, there's either a right way to analyze this information and there's a wrong way. Yeah. There's not a, hey, maybe there's a different way that we can come at this. No, act. there's no maybe. No. No, there's never a maybe. I, I don't, I hope I'm getting this, but I hope this makes sense. But no, there's but no, there's yeah. no black, there's, oh, sorry, it is black and white. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of gray area. Yeah. And it's because of that structure, the way that we're tested, we learn information so that we can pass a test. How has that um, affected you and learning now? Like how, how has that impacted you at the moment? What's, is there anything that um, is... Are there any alarm bells or triggers? I get, I do, I get really nervous when it comes to stepping into something different, something new. Like like I was saying, like earlier, I like the sound of so many ideas. Mm. I like coming up with ideas and expressing things. I like being able to, if I have the capacity, I like to change and add and add something to the literature or add something to whatever it is. You know, if if I'm having a conversation, then I want to get somewhere with the conversation. And so, and so add something, right? And I, I, I'm, I'm conf- when I'm in an area that I'm confident in my ability to do something, that's, that's sort of one thing. But we're stepping into something completely different, right? We both want to go in this direction, yeah. but we've never done it before. 
and we don't have someone there necessarily to tell us the right way of doing it. And so that gets really overwhelming because it's like, I don't know what's right and what's wrong mm. here. And it's difficult to be confident stepping into that gray area because I've never been trained in how to do it. And so that's, I think, where that unconscious conditioning sort of comes up a little bit. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily manifest itself in me saying, no, we're going to stop. We're not going to do it now because I'm not comfortable. It's just an underlying feeling of uneasiness yeah. or discomfort. See, for me, because you passed in school, like you got you got good grades. Mm. I didn't get good grades. Like I did and I didn't. I don't remember what I got good grades on because I was literally doing things by the book and answering exactly what that was written as my answer. And then I got it right. Mm. So I didn't actually learn anything from it. They were like, all the answers are in the book. All the answers are here. You don't really have to think for yourself. Well, that's how I felt anyway. Or when we did have to think for ourselves, eventually when you got to like year 11 and 12 and you had to write or create an idea of an essay or something, I'm like, I had no idea how to do it Mm. because they were telling me the information like throughout my whole schooling. So I'm like, well, why am I now learning how to think for myself when I don't don't even know how to do that? Yeah, exactly. Because there's a right and there's a wrong. Yeah. So I'm like, but what if I write about this and it's wrong? Or what if it's right? And I'm like, I I don't know what's right and I don't know what's wrong. And and I, I ended up actually not doing projects because I was that overwhelmed and freaked out. Like, and this was from primary school onward. Like this wasn't just a high school thing. This was from primary school. I remember being so terrified to get things wrong that I just didn't even do them, Mm. which was wrong anyway, because I got told off and called stupid or lazy, or I was procrastinating. I actually got called a procrastinator in high school in about year eight. Mm. And I was like, of course I'm a procrastinator. I'm creative. And you're telling me something that's this and this. I'm going to want to go over here. Like I want to explore this area, but I... You're telling me I'm not allowed to. And that's what's that's what's really difficult about the way that it's set up mm. is that it's black and white and you're providing an answer that there, there's an expected answer. There is a correct answer that you have to provide. Yeah. And if you try to dally outside of that, then you're going to be wrong no matter what because you yeah. haven't provided the answer that's expected of you. Because that, like, c- coming to an ad here and building it, like, there was so many times I'm like, I might as well just not fucking do this because okay, I'm getting it wrong. You know, people are telling me, even like the people around me are telling me, I'll do it this way, I'll do it this way. And I do it and it doesn't work. And then I do something, I ask the other thing and it doesn't work. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm just getting it wrong all the time. Instead of saying, okay, what way do I want to do it? Yeah. Which way, what way would work or yeah. what, what do I want to try? Even if it doesn't work, I'll be okay with, but I've explored an idea and we've worked through that over the last week. Yeah, well, that's what we're like, that, that's what experience outside of that system hopefully helps to nurture in you. But mm. when you're in that system, you don't have any lateral room to be able to explore critically different ideas. Do you reckon that's why the 20s are so hard for Potentially, people? yeah, because absolutely. Because so, we're just so conditioned that there's a right way and a wrong way that because schooling has been around for how long? Um, when we, we are 20 and we are move, ready to make a career, build a career, it's like, it's so stressful mm. that it's like, do I do this or I'll just stay miserable because this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm earning a lot of money. I yeah. hate my job, but I'm earning a lot of money. And that's really respect, respectable. But it, like, here's the thing too, though, right, is that when you come out of school, because you trained essentially to accept the information you've been given to you, it's been given to you because the person giving you that information knows more about it than you do. Mm. So you just, I guess, accept the idea that they know more than you. And so if they tell you something, then that must be the way that it is. And then if they ask you a question and say, okay, well, what's this? Then 
than you remember because they've taught you that that's the way it is. And so that's the right answer. So you get trained and conditioned into thinking that someone else has the answers and that there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. And you don't have to necessarily take any responsibility because is that someone superior to you that's watching over you? And so if you get something wrong, then you can blame the teacher for not teaching you properly. Yeah. You know, you don't really have to take responsibility. Yeah. And... And when you come out of school, that teacher-student relationship can get transferred into an employer-employee relationship. Mm -hmm. Because when you're an employee, you're in a similar situation in that you're learning how to do the job or what the job entails. And you've got an employer there that's there to train you up in the skills that you need to do the job successfully. And And then you're doing it. Yeah. And and then if you stuff up or if something happens... Then the employee is the one ultimately that says you're wrong. That that says it's the wrong way of doing it, or they're the ones that are in that position of superiority that kind of have to uh, look at themselves and maybe they made a mistake in in the information they provided you, and that's why you are in that situation or but made that mistake yourself. They very rarely do that. In the jobs that I've had and the ideas that I've come up to them with, they're like, no, you're just a casual employee. That doesn't matter. Well, Leave it. They're not going to do anything about it actually was probably the most common thing. It's management. They get to do whatever they want mm. and they just walk around doing nothing and just walking around just looking like they know what they're doing. But that was my that was my experience. Being at the bottom and seeing what it was like at the top, I'm like, I know what kind of manager and boss I want to be. So I was hoping in every job that I went to, I would actually be like, well, that I've actually had a really good manager. Mm. Like, but I can't say that about a lot of them. If anything, I can probably say that about one, maybe two. Yeah. If that one, definitely, but maybe another one. They or they have the potential, and they, you know, it. But I'm like, okay, I know now after all those years of all those jobs that I went to, I was I was disrespected a lot as a casual worker, and I'm like, I'm literally. I'm working for you. Yeah. I'm doing. You want to please me. You want to make sure that I'm actually I'm safe, that I'm doing the job right, and you want to respect me because I can leave. I can talk about you. I can say anything I want outside of it and destroy your company. Or you know, you've got to be careful. Hey, yeah. I've always wanted. I'm like, I want to make sure that when I am a boss, of if I if that's even possible. Because at that point, I was like, I couldn't be a boss. Someone else is a boss because I'm always a student. I'm always, I am always wrong or, you know, it goes back to all that. This is what's really funny just on that, right? Is that mindset that you are sort of brought up and were raised to think that, yeah, you want to, you know, have your own company. Mm -hmm. You want to, you know, be your own boss. Like (laughs) it's a good thing to be able to do that, but we're not trained. We're not given the skills from an early age that are critical to develop in order to actually get to that point where you're your own boss. And, And that's what's really frustrating. We're trained, we're conditioned to be good employees. Yeah. And that might be controversial. It's, it's, you know, it's not everyone's situation, but in order to put yourself in a situation where you are your own boss, when you're starting up your own company, you have to create something. You have to bring something to the table that has never been brought to the table before. Mm. And we're not taught how to critically think, critically appraise. We're not taught how to think laterally, look at things from a different angle. We have to break outside that black and white, right, wrong, pass, fail conditioning that we've been, that we've had all through our education, Mm. educational life from primary school, high school, university, in order to actually create something different and put ourselves in that situation that we wanted to get to. Because that's what is, it's frustrating trying to fight that conditioning and break free of that conditioning. We're not taught that. We're not taught how to think critically Mm. in school. We're taught instead how to follow orders. Yeah. 
And that's why there's, there's a change happening at the moment anyway. Like entrepreneurship is is massive at the moment. And it's been happening for a couple of years, at least a couple of years. Well, it's not that it's massive at the moment. It's no, just that there's different avenues now. That yeah, we but, have no, but the people internet. want to be entrepreneurs. People want to create their own jobs. But this is what's stopping them. This process, this conditioning, like it stopped me. I could have been, I could have done a lot of things, but it stopped me. I stopped every time because I was like, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Mm. Because that was just what I was told. And being the youngest as well, like I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong, but I've obviously didn't have the experience that they had. So even that in itself, I'm going to take that with me in my whole life. Mm. No matter how old I am, I'm always going to think that someone, that I'm too young, yeah. always. Even if I'm 80, I'll probably mm. think I'm too young for some reason. So it's that it, that mindset that's I have that I'm cracking open and be like I, I want to explore something else. I, I want to explore a different mindset because this doesn't work for me. Yeah. I don't want to stop every time I get inspiration. I don't want to stop every time I have an a really creative idea or about even just a picture on the wall. It doesn't even have to be anything like um, life changing for someone or a business idea. Even just like I have an idea of an art piece and I want to do it. Most of the time I stop. I, I say, no, I, I can't do it because I'm not an artist. Someone else is an artist. Yeah. Those that have 20 years experience. I'm like, well, they started somewhere, didn't they? Mm. So I had to, I have to go through this conversation. <laughs> they had this, they had to start somewhere. They just tried and they just continued to do it they continued every single day to draw or to mm. create that's a be- that's what the the beautiful thing about having a little hobby where you create is because for that instance you're broken you're out of that no one's telling you what to do no one's telling you mm. that there's a, a right way to draw this picture or to write yeah. this poem or whatever you are just with yourself creating something yeah. generating something that wasn't there before mm. and that's what's so crucial about having some kind of creative outlet yeah. so that you can be in charge and in control yeah. of birthing something mm. the thing is we need it like we're always i feel like so um my client as well, i'm she's amazing but she um she was telling me that because we we're talking about meditation and how we stop and you know, sit there and she was like, I just can't do it. But when, because my thoughts keep coming up and I'm triggered and I'm like, yeah, I feel that I can, you know, but it takes practice. You got to keep doing it. But it, it depends what your journey is and what you like doing. If it's really painful, don't do it. If it's so traumatic, she says, when I'm creating, when I'm drawing, when I'm creating my um, alcohol inks, that's when I'm with myself and when mm. everything disappears. Yeah. And because you're tapping into that infinite potential, nothing matters here. All your experience, all your situation doesn't matter. It's you are creating. You're creating something new. Yeah. So you're tapping into that. And the more you connect with that, the more your art evolves. Yeah. And the, the better you get and the be- like the more you master it. I completely, I completely relate to that. When I'm trying to meditate, it's just everything's everywhere. Yeah. My thoughts organize when I'm writing. Because you, you, know, you, you know how you see your thoughts? Mm. I like read mine. Sure. So when, when it comes to visualizing, I'm, it's like I'm visualizing because I'm reading words that formulate in my brain and I'm generating the image the same way I generate an image if I was reading a book. Yeah. So when my thoughts organize is when I'm writing is when they sort of come and line up. Okay, like whatever works for you, as long as you can connect with that, mm. that kind of creativity. Because meditation works for some people. It doesn't work for me all the time. I've got to be in a, I've got to be in the mood for it. But my, at the moment, my meditation is breathing, just mm. focusing on my breath because I want to be able to focus on what I'm doing. So for me, focusing on my breathing and seeing where it's going and connecting with my body and being 
at one with myself, I then can take that with me for the rest of the day. That's my meditation. It's not necessarily stopping and um, trying to control my thoughts and seeing them pass because that actually happens throughout the entire day. Yeah. I have a thought, I let it pass. I have a thought, I let it pass. I have a thought, I let it pass. Like it, uh, that's just a habit for me now. I'm like, okay, not cancel. I don't want that to, I don't want that thought. You know, it's my new thing. If I have a bad thought or if I say something, cancel. No, I didn't mean it. I actually don't want to think like that anymore. I don't want to say that kind of stuff anymore. And I'll, and then I'll replace it with something more positive. You're not actually grateful for this or whatever it needs. Like I'm really trying to make that a conscious effort so I can retrain my mindset and my brain and my body and my conditioning. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. No, it's, it's so true though. It's, it's funny that... Yes, you learn. You can learn this stuff at any age. You can think this this way at any sort of age. It's not necessarily specific to your twenties, but no. it's funny how I learned these lessons in my twenties. Mm. But it's from looking back and reflecting on the experiences that I have had. And this, like I said, is I, I don't want to generalize. I don't. I know that I'm probably using relatively general language with this stuff, but I'm not. I'm I'm explaining the conclusions that I've come to based mm. on the experience that I've had. And so that to me is, is sort of, is, it's where I'm at in my mid twenties at the moment. I'm just trying to figure out where I've come from and why I am where I am right now. And I would love to have this same conversation in like 10 years time oh, yeah. <laughs> or even re-listen to this and see what we're thinking. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you just don't know anything. You're, yeah. so, you're so young. <laughs> and then the person 10 years later, and then 10 years later the thing, yeah. yeah, but it, it's, I look at where you are and I, I, I want, I hope that by the time I'm, you know, in my late twenties that I'm, I've discovered my passion and I'm wanting to get to, and I'm wanting to get somewhere specific with it. Mm. So at the moment I'm still piecing things together. You're allowed to be, yeah. you got to be okay with that. That's probably my, any, if, if I could give any advice being at the end of my 20s not that i'm like a wise owl or anything because i have a long way to go but yeah like noticing notice just being aware and conscious of like of things that are happening around you how you even your thoughts just a simple thought and where it could lead you because mm. one thought could take you this way and another thought could take you that way yeah and being aware you know exactly which one to take Yes, the, the closing the closing thought is that there's so much there's there's so much to comprehend there's so much that is always happening at any given point in time and the good thing about being 20 i guess is that you're mature enough to be able to understand that there's a lot to life life is not black and white no matter what you've been taught no matter what you've been conditioned to think mm. there is not one a one size fits all there is not one idea that flows on there's no logic that flows on from one specific idea that explains everything well, there's infinite possibility the, the 20th century was a fantastic explanation of all that <laughs> and an exploration of what that way of thinking does yeah. so it's i'm definitely trying to figure out yeah there's so many different things out there and and trying to make sense of it. And it's amazing to see you who have made sense of a few things and are able to actually hone that into a career path. It's really exciting. It is. And the thing is, it's just for me not to ultimately fuck it up. There's no right. There's no wrong way. Well, of that's doing it. it. You know, like I, now that I have it and I know what it feels like, I've wanted this for so long 
that I don't even think I've I think I've just like skimmed the surf. Like I'm just at the doorway mm. of what I'm about to experience. I don't think Oh of course. Yeah. I don't have anything yet no. <laughs> that you don't have. Like honestly, like yes, I've I know my direction, but I still have no idea what is in for me in the twenty in the thirties. Mm. You know? Even saying that is really obscure. It's exciting. It is. Where's the rest of where's the rest of our twenties taking us, and yeah. what's beyond that? It's really exciting, but uh, I think we'll wrap it up there because we've been talking for long enough. <laughs> I, I hope we actually got somewhere. <laughs> we discussed a lot, but no, like thank you for sitting down and sharing this time with me. Well, thank you, Lohan. Thanks for sharing your time with us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any thoughts regarding the conversation today, or just want to get in touch and share your experience, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Logan and Yuja or send us an email at loganandyuja at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and until next time with infinite love.